You know, it seems like this year, 2020, has not treated us well. And when I say that, I mean, frankly, that's kind of an understatement, right? Don't you agree? 2020 not treating us well is kind of an understatement. And for many of us, it's been a terrible year. We've had, friend, we've, we've had experiences that we've only heard of happening in far-off places, right? We've never, we've never in my lifetime experienced what we've experienced in this last year. But now we've experienced this pandemic. We've experienced everything that comes along with it. Isolation. Isolation. The, the not knowing, the unknown, the fear of, and oftentimes fear accompanies that, right? We've experienced death, loss of loved ones. We've experienced a lack of freedom. In my lifetime, in these little almost 48 years that I've been alive on this earth, I would consider this to be the worst year ever. But you know what? People have experienced years and have experienced times and circumstances and and all sorts of different things that have happened to them. And we look in the Bible and we see where the, the things have been recorded. Like I think of the Israelites being in the desert. I don't have to go out every morning and pick up manna and go out every evening and pick up quail. Now, I have to tell you a funny story. When, when we first moved to Pomeroy, I had an office at the house, and there was an office at work. And so sometimes, you know, especially in the wintertime, instead of heating up the church, um, you know, and heating up my office there, since we already heated the house, I would just, uh, I would simply just work from home. And we had this huge picture window underneath an overhang of a porch. And uh, it wasn't until maybe that fall you know, when I started working more out of the house office, that I noticed there would be this very loud bang on the window. And on the front porch would be a little dead quail. Well, some of them weren't so little. Some of them were actually, you know, pretty big. And I thought, is this God providing for us one or two quail a day? You know, should I be taking these and breasting these things out and you know, they're not near as big as a, a chucker or a pheasant or anything like that. But, you know, I always hear of people having, you know, eating quail. And, and so I thought, well, maybe God's providing for us. I have never had to go through that. But we can see in the Bible where things were not so great. And yet his children still thanked him and he still provided But you know, even though we're here today, we're experiencing all these changes, we have these disastrous things happening around us, God's going to provide His grace. And here's the underlying piece that I hang on to. If you're going to hang on to one thing about 2020 and be able to say, thank you, God, for that, it is simply this, Christ's death and His resurrection. Can we not, as Christian people, at least be thankful for our salvation? You know, um, just like my friends who spoke to us earlier, we can look at things differently. We can look through God's eyes. In the midst of hardship, in the midst of all of this year, the things that have happened, we can find moments of beauty and gratitude. You know, Paul wrote about thankfulness and thanksgiving and giving thanks in all situations. So I want to read to you what Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 12. 
Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure that no one pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and everyone else. Now, this is the part I want you to to pay attention to. Close, pay attention close to this. Here's what you need to remember. If you need to remember anything this morning, here it is. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And it's the word of God For the people of God, can we all say together, thanks be to God. Amen? You know, it's that last sentence that's kind of hard, right? That last sentence of that scripture, that's the one that's kind of difficult for us to hang on to, especially in these times. But I think if we maybe look at it a little closer, we'll hear what Paul is saying. Now, remember, Paul did not teach us or give us this teaching without experiencing adversity, did he? He didn't, he experienced a lot of terrible things, but more than likely he wrote this letter after planning a church in Corinth, and then he left to escape persecution from the Jewish leadership at the time, believe it or not. And not only that, but he was probably writing this letter from his sickbed, suffering from illness. He wasn't a stranger to suffering. He suffered earthly things and also from from physical persecution and the religious leaders of the day, they all had it out for him. I mean, remember before Paul was Paul that he was first Saul? Do you remember his credentials he kind of threw out there one time? He says, if anybody's a Jew, it's me. I'm a Jew's Jew. Do you guys remember that? He's, I was born on the right day in the right family. I was part of the, the, the ruling class of the Sanhedrin. I was circumcised on the correct day at the correct time in the correct place. I had been brought up. I was amongst the Pharisees. Do you remember him laying out his credentials? Now think about this for a minute. Because if you have those credentials, if you have this prominent place within the ruling class of the the Jewish religious pecking order, right? Remember, he ran around persecuting the church on behalf of the Sanhedrin. You know, Christianity was kind of apostasy to Judaism, right? And what happened? He meets Jesus, he turns around 180 degrees. I'm telling you, those Jewish leaders didn't forget who Saul was before he came, became Paul. They didn't, they didn't just forget him. And then he becomes this missionary, he plants churches, and he, everywhere he goes, people are saved and baptized, and, and church leadership is raised up. Somebody took notice of what he was doing And he did all of this and wrote all of this from a place of persecution. And here's what I want you to, here's what I want you to pay attention to this morning. I want you to pay attention to Paul's words. Write this down. If you're writing things down, write this down. Give thanks to God. And then I want you to put in capital letters, in all circumstances. Can you do that? Give thanks to God. Emphasis on in all, okay, circumstances. And I want you to notice it does not say for 
all circumstances. It says in all circumstances. And there's a big difference. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we're not immune to the trials of this world. We're not immune to pain, difficulty, sickness, or suffering. In fact, life can downright be brutal at times. It can be extremely difficult to worship God, but it is not impossible to worship God. You know, we, I, I often think about the scripture about greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We have the Holy Spirit, the very spirit of Jesus Christ living in us and through us. And just like Jesus suffered, we are going to come to some suffering in our time. It's going to be difficult from time to time. Life is not going to be a bed of roses, and it's not going to always go our way, and it's not going to always be sunshine. But with the power of the Holy Spirit living in us and through us, we can give thanks to God in all circumstances for several reasons. I want you to write this one down too, okay? The first thing is God is always with us. Do you know that? Do you believe that in the depths of who you are? No matter what, that God is with me wherever I go? You know, when it was time for Joshua to succeed Moses, God had some words for the Israelites. And it's in Deuteronomy chapter 31 that we find it. Starting in verse 1, it says this, Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all of Israel. I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, You shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua will also cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Shihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. And here's where I want you to listen. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, well, you know, hey, Dan, you know, that was a specific time in history. You know, that was, that was just for those Hebrew children that were getting ready to come out of the wilderness and go into the promised land. You know, that was their promise, not, oh, really? I had somebody say that to me one time. I said, oh, really? What did the writer of Hebrews say? He quoted this scripture in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. He says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with whatever you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Ah. Uh. That was kind of my drop the mic. Really? That was only for back then? Uh-uh. God's word is for always. It's forever. It's for all of us. It transcends time and history and all of that stuff. We take God with us wherever we go. So not only is God always with us, but here's the next thing I want you to write down. Jesus understands what you and I are going through. Jesus understands what we're going through. In his life here on earth, his death on the cross, Jesus went through tremendous pain and suffering on our behalf. And he can not only empathize, which means he can only say, oh, yeah, I see. 
that you're hurting. Oh, yeah, I see. He can sympathize, which means he knows it already. He's been there. He's done that. He's got the T-shirt and he's got the hat. I love that little saying. I don't know where I picked it up at. Jesus has been there and done that. He can't just empathize with you. He will sympathize with you. He knows the pain and suffering that we're going through. So we can be thankful and give thanks to God in all circumstances because God is always with us and because Jesus understands what we are going through. But here's the next thing I want you to write down. It's also because the Holy Spirit lives within us. He lives within us. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. The Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can then comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ Jesus, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Did you catch that? We have, as Christians, the Holy Spirit living in us for a reason. And it's not just to make us holier than the Baptist down the road, right? It's not just to make us holier than the Methodists across the street. It's not just to make us better than someone. No, 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 no. We have the very Spirit of the living God living in us and through us so that what? Oh, that as we receive comfort from God, we can do what? We can give comfort from God to others. He lives in us and through us, comforting. And I always say lives in us and through us. You guys will notice, I don't use the phrase that God uses us. Because I don't think that's a good phrase. Can I just say, I, I know there are many Christian people all over the place that say that. But you know what? In many parts of this world... People are used for so many terrible, terrible, terrible things. And I don't believe God uses people. I believe he works in people and he works through people. There's a little bit of a difference there, right? But we have the Holy Spirit in us, comforting, encouraging, and strengthening us in the midst of loss, in the midst of pain, in the midst of, of, of all the things that are going on right now giving us peace that goes beyond the abilities that we have to reason. You know, that goes beyond understanding, right? The peace that goes beyond human... And the reason we have that and we can rest in that is so that we can give that to other people. I, some of you might remember a, a young lady named Joni Erickson Tata. Well, she was young one time. She's probably not that young now. Joni Erickson Tata, remember, she was in a terrible accident, left her paralyzed. She painted those beautiful paintings. Um, but more than anything else, I believe God worked in her and through her to tell us something. She contributed to what's called the Beyond Suffering Bible. And in the study note on Deut Deuteronomy 31.8, it says this. And, and if anybody knows about suffering, it's Johnny. She said this, life can be hard and circumstances can be unflinchingly difficult. But just as God told Joshua, God tells us that we need not despair. 
God is with us and he goes ahead of us in every danger and challenge we face. Nothing can take him by surprise or catch him off guard. What good news to know that God will never abandon those who trust in him alone. I know it's easy. It is so easy right now. It is so easy with, with spikes in COVID cases, with, with people who, who we've known to have died from COVID, with all these extra restrictions and regulations and lockdowns and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The unchanging or the changing landscape that we used to think was stable and firm and unchanging. I know it is so easy. It is so easy for us to live in fear of what's next. I saw a kind of a funny meme on, on Facebook and I, I've debated back and forth whether or not I, I am to talk about it here because it had a few other words in it that, that I didn't like, but I'll tell you the gist of it. It basically said this. What if 2021 looks at 2020 and says, here, hold my drink? What if? What if that happens? I mean, it is kind of funny. You know, when we look at it, it's kind of ironic funny, haha, right? But what happens if 2021 doesn't, doesn't settle down and calm down and change? What if things get more difficult? Are we going to love God less? Are we going to thank God less? Are we going to continue to live in fear? And, and can I tell you that not living in fear does not mean we just throw all of the ability to reason that God has given us out the window? We don't do that. That's not what it means to live without fear. But living without fear changes how we are, what our attitude is. And it puts us into that place where we can practice the attitude of gratitude. Amen? No matter what's happening, we can give thanks to God in all circumstances because God is always with us, because he understands everything we go to, go through, and the Holy Spirit will live in us and through us.